Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soul Led. How's it going? So happy to be here with, you know, this podcast is really just a combination of people that I want to talk to. I feel like that maybe I have to like squeeze them into my work hour. That's kind of like my work days. And uh, so I feel like every time I talk to you guys, I'm like, I'm excited to bring you this next person, but because they're just all my friends. So yeah, (laughs) another one, another person that I love very much. Welcome to the show, Josie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, so excited to to be here and to be chit-chatting with you today. I love it. All the things. So some of you maybe already recognize that voice, but this is Josie Rosario. She is a school teacher grad, but she is obviously so much more than that. She is a New York City-based licensed therapist and bruja who specializes in guiding women to break generational trauma patterns and rewrite their legacies. Outside of that, Josie is also a business coach for therapists in private practice, which I love that about you. Um, She's just trying to raise up all those therapists and all that bizarre, you you know, no money shit that they teach you guys in school. Um, Josie's your girl. And regardless of her role, her purpose is a Throw line in everything she does, a disruptor who calls out how the status quo no longer works and invites you to realign with your highest self to create what does. Josie, um, well, I should, you know what, I'm going to, since we can't see here, I'll also read the second paragraph. Josie identifies as a Black Dominican American, bilingual, bicultural, cisgendered, heterosexual woman. Her pronouns are she, her, and hers. She's a two-time graduate of Columbia University and graduated with distinction from the School of Social Work. She's currently a trainee in couples and family therapist at Ackerman Institute for the Family, for the family in New York City. So we're very... In other words, just really lucky to have you have her today, guys. We, you know, we got we were fit into her schedule, thank God, and um, we're just lucky to to be here with you, Josie. So welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm like ready. I'm bursting. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So let's get let's get straight into it. So um, I've known Josie for a bit, uh, for a while. Obviously, like just connect her on so many levels, being of Caribbean descent, all that kind of stuff, and. Um, but you know, she's a, she's a therapist, definitely talking about all that family trauma, but it was interesting to see you start to reclaim this spiritual side of you. Um, so I was wondering like, how has that, like, was that hard to reclaim, uh, to kind of bring that into your practice? What, like, do you think, like, if we want to visit a therapist, like, should we seek therapists that have a spiritual background? Like, I mean, what is like, what should we even think about this? Yeah. So in terms of, uh, right, like the first piece of like, you know, was it difficult? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, because um, I I didn't know what was happening. You know, I, I started, you know, I, I would be in sessions with clients and, you know, would just like get information, like no information or things that they weren't fully saying or, um, you know, like I find myself like crying before they would be crying. I was like, why am I crying? We're trained, you know, to like not show emotion, which is another conversation for another day as if we are not human beings, but you know, whatever. Um, 
And I just dismissed it as being kind of just like, oh, you know, like an, an empath and being intuitive, which I think most therapists are. Um, and then when, um, you know, I started to like incorporate the, the information that because it was just coming to me, um, I just thought that maybe they had told me in a previous session, but then I would, you know, refer back to it. And then they would be like, uh, Josie, you never talk about that. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Okay. Nope. <laughs> you know and so that kind of um you know that happened to me a couple of times I was just like oh this is really weird but I didn't pay much attention to it until I kind of had and, and I hate this phrase but it's what I'm gonna use right it's when I, as I was having my spiritual awakening everything just kind of clicked you know um where yeah my own guides were helping me guide my clients you know and sometimes their guides would come through um, and so, you know, when I realized kind of that everything was was happening at the same time, I did take a sabbatical and like, you know, close down my my practice um, because I needed to understand what was happening to me, you know, and I didn't know what was happening to me and I was not grounded, then I was going to be able to do a good job, you know, as a therapist. Um, and so now what that looks like is one uh, publicly claiming like who I am and what I'm here to do. Right, because if I'm to show up authentically as as a practitioner, whether that's as a therapist, a coach, whatever, um, folks need to know that if they're gonna come and they're gonna work with me, that that this is the this is how I work, right? That I work with the things that can't be always seen or heard or felt, right? Um, or rather, things that just can't be seen, right? And when we when we're talking about like metaphysics, um, and so once I kind of like came out and said, hey. I have these gifts. Hey, this is how I work, right? Because you can um, be a mystic or a bruja, for example, as a therapist and not bring that into your practice. But I made a very conscious decision. Like, I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of like compartmentalizing. This is who I am. If you want to work with me, just know that this is going to be a part of the practice. And the response was just, it was overwhelming. People were like, oh my God, this is incredible. I always knew, I always thought, um, you know, like, how do I work with you? And at that point I wasn't taking any new clients. And so, you know, the, the response was just like, yes, Josie, like we need this. And so super validating for me. Um, and, and that's just kind of how I practice. Now I do have a very, very small one-on-one practice. And the people that I work with, they know their guides come through um, during sessions or they come before, you know, and, and it, you know, it's, it's almost like they have an entire team, right? They have me here in the human form kind of supporting them through like the real human things, but they also have their, their spiritual guidance, a spiritual team um, to support them. And so, you know, if folks are wanting you know, wanting that in a therapist, you know, that you have to be very empowered in your process. You know, you are hiring a therapist. The therapist works for you, you know, and so you have to be very honest, one with yourself that that's what you want, but then go out and seek a therapist that does, that is open, um, you know, to like your own spiritual practice. Um, if you're looking for a therapist that, that brings that into the therapy, then you can ask for that. You can look for that. I think that more and more therapists are being a lot more open about, the ways that they practice. So it's it's a very exciting time from my perspective as a therapist, because there, there are a lot of us out there that um, that are brujas, whether they know it or not, but there are a lot of us out there. Goosebumps. Um, and I'm so excited. I'm sure everybody listening is like, I want a therapist like that. So yes, they exist. And I'm, we're just so happy you like claim that. So speaking, um, I have questions about 
um, the term bruja and like other things, but staying on this note, um, then, you know, as you get into the spiritual work and the metaphysical work, it's really easy to get like really caught up in, oh, I saw this in the Akashic records. And like, this is what, you know, my, this is my true um, origin. I'm like a star seed from blah, blah, blah. But then I come back into earth, I get out of my meditation and like my physical life is a mess or there's things that don't fit anymore. Um, or there's like, uh, you know, trauma that persists, like how, what do you think about that? Like, um, which w- the term would be spiritual bypassing. Um, have you heard that? You've heard that term. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so like, can you, ex- first, can you like explain from like your point of view, like kind of what that is and maybe um, what your thoughts on it, you know, are like, how do we, um, I, there's so many different terms for it. It's also kind of like being ungrounded. I mean, there's so many things, but how do we bring those two worlds together? So I, I feel like I asked like four questions here, but just answer whatever you feel like you want to answer. So, I mean, so, right. So spiritual bypassing is this idea, right. That, you know, when um, you are, let's say in, in mesh, right. Or like having some like codependent, like very um, like unhealthy relationship patterns, let's say in your family, right? Um, and you'll say things like, oh, well, you know, it's just, you know, um, where I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is what the universe wanted, right? So, you know, I'm not gonna take personal accountability for my actions because this is, um, you know, what was already written and, and this is what the universe wants me to do or how the universe wants me to behave, right? It's, it's almost like, you were bypassing the like real thing, the, the reality of the situation um, by using kind of any, like, using your faith or any type of like spiritual practice. Um, and it happens in like, like new age kind of like spirituality, but also we, we see it like with religion, right? Um, and so I very much believe that if you do not work through the human stuff, you cannot get to the spiritual stuff, right? Because we are still, in this body, we are still living a very human, right, 3D life. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and this is why, like, I'm, I get so, um, you know, like, obviously, I'm so passionate about this work, and I get so excited about just the possibilities, because a lot of the times, you know, we have a lot of unresolved, unprocessed stuff that really, you know, um, prevents us from, from so many things, right? From being able to connect, right? And, and I'm not even talking about like connecting with your guides, but like just connecting with yourself, right? Like on a very like spirit, like connecting with your spirit, right? So it, it takes you away from that. It takes you away from, you know, being still enough to be able to connect with an ancestor or to be able to connect with, with a guide. Um, you know, when we live a lot in, in our heads are, are really in a trance, right? Like we're not awake to our patterns, to like why we do what we do, to the, you know, relationships that we're in, to um, addictive behaviors, for example, then it's really difficult, for example, to even trust your intuition, right? Like your intuition, your that guidance needs a place to land, right? And if we are so caught up in our heads and in the survival tactics, we are, again, in a trance, we're just not awake, we're just like, go, 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 we're in our lizard brains, right, like in our back brains, and we're just like, I have to survive, I have to keep going, I'm just, literally, it's just always chaotic in your mind, you know, and so that's why this work has to happen 
it is my belief rather, that this work has to happen hand in hand, right? If you are not taking care of yourself emotionally and mentally and your emotional and mental health, the spiritual stuff, sure, you can access it, but it's going to be very short-lived or it's going to be very surface level because you are still a human being and you still are living in a society. You're part of a family. You're part of systems, you know? And so um, that's why I think that a lot of us therapists, right? Like this is just such, um, um, just like a, a very um, incredible opportunity, right? For us to be able to, support people to really come home to themselves right when I think about spirituality when I think about just like the development of your spirit right we're not talking about like connecting or or anything we're just talking about you right that cannot happen unless we have a relationship for example with our egos unless we understand what the heck is the ego right we talk about it so much now and a lot of times people talk about it incorrectly different conversation for a different day Um, hear that and um yeah because there's like a ego spiritual term and then there's like like the ego um from the human perspective also so there's like almost exactly you know and if we you know a lot of people are like well you know like forget the ego and the evil is the devil and like we need to like the ego needs to die and it's like well hold on one second (laughs) right like the ego is incredibly important because its job is to keep us safe Mm -hmm. If, if we don't have it, then we, you know, I would be incredibly concerned, you know, <laughs> if, you know, because it, it's, it does a job and it's really important. The problem is that as adults, right, like the ego is just like, well, based on what we've been through, like, this is what we know. We like, we know what we know and we like what we like, you know, like that is very much the ego. And so when we negotiate, when we um, create a relationship with the ego, then we are actually in our, in, in, like, we're our age, right? A lot of times our ego is functioning from when we were, right, like the inner child, right? When we are a kid, right? When we're much younger, right? Because again, it's going back to that time that you were in the, in a situation that felt unsafe, right? Whereas when you do the work to be able to really befriend the ego that you can see and say like, oh, hey, I know you're showing up. I know you're trying to keep me safe, but I'm an adult now and I can, I can handle this, right? Like you, you are in relationship with it. It's a completely different experience, you know? So that, that's what I, I'm always talking to people and I'm always on kind of on Instagram talking about this, like your ego is not necessarily the enemy, right? It's just that you need to. Yeah. It's kind of, we don't have enough words for like the spectrum of the ego. It's like we, it, we're just using, it's, it's a rainbow and we are only using the color black or something. Um, so that's kind of the tricky part. And so what you're talking about, Josie, actually, I've been currently going through something um, that has to do with what you're talking about. So when I first heard the term like spiritual bypassing back in the day, it was being used as like us doing it as a collective, right? And I, I, I think like maybe as I started to read your work is when I started to understand like, oh, actually um, we can spiritual bypass like ourselves, um, mm-hmm. not just in a kind of collective trauma way, um, but more of like a, you know, like inside of yourself. So that was like very interesting for me. So recently over the last few months or so, I'm definitely being called to just like new downloads, um, even 
new channelings, like new things are like new beings are showing up for me, like a whole new, you know, uh, like kind of ascension that's showing up. And I can, and it's almost feeling like a, um, like a glitch, like they're kind of like, like almost like I'm trying to connect with this antenna that I've always connected with really well, but I can only like get the station sometimes. Like I'm in a bad zone, I'm in a bad area or something. And um, what they've really been showing me is actually all of like my human trauma. I just moved um, about, you know, three, four months ago. I don't even know how many months it's been from Miami, from my family. Um, you know, imagine my parents were these Cuban, immig Cuban immigrants. Miami was like the home, you know, other than New Jersey, but Miami ended up being like the place for them to settle. It's, I grew up around all this collective trauma because it was like all these um, Cuban immigrants coming to try to make it again. And then I grew up around all the children, had no idea of any of that because I was in it, you know, and it wasn't until I moved. And what's so interesting to me is that like all of my like human trauma um, from my, like other layers of the mother wound and my inner child and just my ancestors, all these things have been like clearing and, and asking for attention um, in a way that like my spirituality could never really, I mean, I have a spiritual twist to the way that I acknowledge it and see it and all those kind of things, but it can't, you know, me knowing that I'm a star being is not going to help me with this lower chakra stuff. And um, I love going to the higher chakras, but I'm in the lower chakras over the last year or so. And that is actually every time I have those awarenesses and I clear those things out. It's like, that's how that antenna of that higher, that higher stuff that I'm trying to reach. I don't even want to reach it, but it's like, like it's calling me, um, is it gets clearer and clearer as I clear these things out. So they are one and the same. Um, it's, and it's, it is tricky because it's not linear, you know? Um, and most, the you know most things most most therapists like don't know how to handle that sometimes so that's why it can get a little tricky and you kind of feel like black and white like you either have to you know do it this way or do it your spiritual way and you feel like it's hard to find this home yeah. so I love you know how you explain it and I can I totally agree because it's you know I, I've seen it it's not that you know we're all intuitive and to I to a certain degree, everybody can like access their intuition. But like you said, it's um, how long can you hold it? How high can you go? Um, like how much can you ascend if you're being held down by the lower chakra stuff? Perfect. That is, that is exactly it, right? That it's, um, it's like the clearing, right? I, I'm always talking about like, this guidance, whether it's inner guidance from, you know, um, you know, your guides, your ancestors, your, your highest self, the guidance needs to land somewhere. It needs to, like, it needs a clearing. Your it's, vessel. you know, like a plane, right? Like, that's why our bodies are a vessel. Exactly. You know, like it needs to land somewhere. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, that saying, which is also a book, like the, the body keeps keeps the score. And it's all about trauma, right? That we we do hold, I mean, that's not a, 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 an opinion, like that's facts, right? Like we hold all of our trauma in our bodies, right? And so if you're not working, you haven't worked through that or um, you're not even aware of it, 
again, it's like you can dip your toe into like the higher chakras or into like, you know, your spiritual practice. You can like dip into it, but you're not going to be able to stay there because literally your body cannot hold it. You know, so yeah, I I love that what, you know, you're linking it to like, if you don't take care of these like lower chakra stuff, it's like the higher chakra stuff is like, you can yeah. see it, kind of taste it, but you know, kind of stay there long. They just, yeah. can't, they just can't be so imbalanced. You know what I mean? They can't, um, like the higher chakras, um, they, you know, we can't like tip over if the, you know, we're going to tip over if they get too big and then the lower chakras are like not, they're the foundation that's not equal to hold. So as much as I would love to, you know, to say like, oh no, it's not important, but it is like, you just, um, you're, and I, and from my experience from doing this work for so long and, um, you know, just even just getting the information that I get, it really goes, um, hand in hand with, you know, what you're willing to heal, what you're willing to let go of, what awareness you're, you know, you're willing to have. And, and it can get frustrating because people think like, oh, I thought I worked on that, you know? And it's like, no, but there's like layers to it. Um, I've been working on mother wound since, gosh, since I was like 20 and, um, it's, it shows up in different layers, especially now that there's like this separation that I've never had before. So it's nothing on us that like we have, it's not about, I don't know. Do you ever think you can be like fully healed? No, <laughs> no. And I hate it when people say that. Not that no. I hate it, but it does kind of get under my skin because I think it's this obsession that we just have in our culture, but like before and afters, right? That there, the transformation can only be valid if there's this like after, right? Like if you're like broken, quote unquote, which is also like complete misnomer that does not exist. Um, to then like you're now healed. It's just it's impossible. Why? So many reasons. One, because to your point, right, like healing needs to be a, a lifestyle, right? Like there's just so many layers to things. It's like, right when you think that you have, you know, worked through something, it's like, there's going to be another, like, uh, you know, another texture to it, another nuance, another, another layer, you know, and so when we kind of move away from this idea of, um, you know, beginning and end, right, and we learn that this is just like a flow, then, you know, we don't get so frustrated when things come up again, or another, um, like, flavor of the, of the same theme comes up again, because it's like, well, if healing is a lifestyle that I am fully committed to just always becoming the better version of myself and always kind of showing up in the ways that I want to show up. Um, um, in, in terms of that also, I think that there's this idea of like, um, uh, oh my gosh, the thought just like literally having on the tip of my tongue, that this, this notion, um, but the point is that, that there is like, no, there is no such thing as like, you're, you're being fully healed. Like that's, Oh, yeah. sorry. I, Back to me. Okay, um, we live in an inherently traumatic society. And, you know, trauma is another like really buzzy word. And just want to be very clear with like what trauma is. The simplest way that I can explain trauma is too much too fast. Right. And there's like an overwhelm to our system. 
you and I can be in a car accident, God forbid, and it can be traumatic for me and not be traumatic for you because we have two different systems, right? And so because we're always going to be experiencing this, I mean, just think about COVID, a pandemic. One day we were all with each other and the next day we were isolated, right? Totally traumatic. Um, you know, and everyone is, is handling it differently. Um, we live in an inherently traumatic society. Like that's not going to stop. You know, so we are going to continuously experience trauma. It's going to, again, have different layers. So how can we fully ever be, quote unquote, healed when we're constantly engaging in a society that, you know, where there are factors that are out of our control? So we really need to move away from that and really adopt the adopt healing as a lifestyle so that not only can we give ourselves grace and not so much pressure to achieving, you know, this destination of being healed, but that we can kind of just see the things that, that we can engage with the things that happen in our lives with radical acceptance instead of like, this shouldn't be happening or why is this happening to me? And for me, like, again, healing, I think is another word too, that ultimately, hopefully we can find more words for it or retire the word altogether because, what I feel like is happening is like, uh, you know, especially since, since my healing is associated with like my ability to connect more, ascend more, understand more. Um, I feel that it's like an unlayering, um, and, uh, you know, a, an ascension really of becoming like, oh, if I let go of that thing that happened to me when I was, you know, whatever, seven years old, or I understand it, like now I'm getting closer to my wholeness, closer to um, like my spirit and who I really am. So I don't feel like healing is even like the best word for it anymore. Cause healing, like you said, like set kind of makes us feel like then if we have to heal something is because something was broken and we need a fixing or something. And I actually just see it more with time. I mean, I didn't always see it this way, but, um, and that's why I feel like the word doesn't do it justice, but it's this process of remembering really of like kind of remembering, uh, you know, what we truly are beyond this, like, you know, human experience or so. So, um, but, you know, learning that through, through the human experiences, mm-hmm. um, so that like, you know, it's just hard because sometimes like, you know, our words don't even do it justice or there's just not much of an explanation, but, um, and also that, uh, I agree, like healing is definitely a lifestyle to me. Um, it's a constant unlayering. I'm in a human body. Um, I love that explanation of trauma. I never really like heard it that way. That makes total sense to me because what for me, like I am, you know, was raised kind of like to be tough and, you know, and just like, we don't talk about that shit. Like nobody, you don't go to therapists, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, now I'm having this reckoning with like my inner child to be like, Oh, like that was hard. Like that was traumatic for you. Um, even though it was a situation at the bus stop or something like that, or even though you, you weren't raped or you didn't have anything like, you know, that sounds super awful, but they were awful to you. And like, that's what matters. And that's actually keeping you stuck, you know? So I love that. That's such a good explanation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now we know like bypassing you guys, all that kind of stuff, like those type of um, healings, your, you know, our systems, all that stuff. Now, another thing I want to talk about, I was was talking to Ada the other day, a friend of uh, in common that we have. And, um, she said something like super interesting that I was like so intrigued by. She was like, Nikki, like, 
you know, a lot of different like witches and like, she was kind of alluding to the fact that like, you, you know, like I'm, I know the wellness people. I like, you know, know, like, um, like the witches obviously have been training the intuitives. Like I know like all these different, she's like, but you don't know the black brujas yet. Like you, you know, I grew up like, you know, my family, um, uh, you know, after Cuba, like went to, uh, we, you know, we're from like Union City, Newark, like that kind of area, but we, we left. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I know you were what? from up here. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's what we were all, all three of us were born there. And then when I was eight, we moved to Miami. Um, so she was like, you know, so I, I missed that whole like growing up in the city and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, Miami's such a different place. And I, when she said it, I think that in my little like Cuban self, I was like, oh yeah, I know what a bruja is. Like, you know what? I'm Caribbean. Like I get it. Um, but when she said it, I was like, oh, there's like so much to that, that I don't know. She's so right. Like she just hit the nail on the head and we didn't have time to talk about it because we were talking about other things, but can you explain to me in your, you know, and maybe, I don't know if it's hard for you to explain because it's like all, you know, maybe, but you know, if there's like our white wellness friends in California listening and <laughs> you don't know like the Bronx, like Bruja community or like what that even is. Can you explain it in like your own terms for us? Totally. So, I mean, my, um, my vantage point is from the Caribbean, right. As a Dominican American woman, like that, what I know is like what exists on, in like the Island, right. Like not the, that's the motherland. Like Africa is like the mother motherland, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Motherland. Um, you know, in, in DR, Cuba, PR, you know, Haiti, etc. And so, you know, um, in terms of the, the word like bruja, right, and, and why I call myself a bruja, and, um, you know, it's very much a reclaiming of, um, you know, this very important role that um, folks had back on the island, you know, and um, so, for example, this is very big in the Dominican Republic, um, you know, like my my family and like the lineage that that I come from is Bentiuna Divisiones, and it's 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 a it's Dominican voodoo pretty much. It just has you know that name Bentiuna Divisiones, um, and pretty much it, it has its roots in um, you know the transatlantic slave trade, right? That you know folks from Africa were brought here, enslaved or, or brought to the to the island. Um, you know, and they came with all of their culture, with their religion, their ways of being, their their practices. And when, um, you know, obviously um, folks were Catholics and, and you know, the, the, the slave masters were Catholics, the colonizers. Um, and so they were forced into, you know, to, to be Catholic. And so what happened was in particular, you know, in La Ventuna Divisiones, is that, um, you know, the, um, their, their deity, their deities were syncretized with Catholic saints, right? So to the outside, it was, you know, they looked like they were, uh, you know, um, venerating, let's say, San Miguel, but they were really, you know, working with like Billy Evelkan, right, which is the deity that's syncretized with um, Archangel Michael, um, right? And so, you know, everything was kind of on the ground. It kind of had to be because, hello, we had to survive. Yeah. But what was, you know, and, and what I love about this is just 
um, you know, the, the tenacity around like our ways of being. This is like, sure, we're in this really fucked up situation. We're in being, we've been enslaved. Some folks have kidnapped us, enslaved us. But what we're not going to do is that we're, we're not going to um, allow our customs and our traditions to die. I love that you we're, know? Like, we're gonna code these assholes. We're gonna code their <laughs> their religion. <laughs> I know. And what's you know, it's yeah. so funny to me. Um, so I was speaking to Ada's group the other day, and this happens to me all the time, like um, with like all my like Latin, you know, Hispanic communities or whatever. Most people have this fear of getting into the work that I teach because they're afraid of losing their religion, especially our cultures, right? And I'm like, you guys, do you not understand that like this is, you know, not even so mean because. I'm obviously like my mom used to always say like, you know, we're from like the, you know, asshole, like, uh, you know, um, colonizers, like we, you know, we came from Spain and all that stuff. Um, but I was like, this is actually like your roots. Like this is a reclaiming of um, where it was always, you know, Cuba has Santeria, which is just another form of voodoo from Africa. Yeah. And the same, like the same thing, right? Like they're all their saints are Catholic saints. And it's so funny. My mom was a big, big saint person, like all the time, but also like so obsessed with me being uh, Catholic and not realizing that actually like the stuff that you love about Catholicism is actually the stuff that came from your friends. And, um, you know, for anybody listening that is maybe in this little pocket of like Hispanic and having a hard time with your religion, um, just go just a little bit more back. It's not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know, you're, you're going to find it. So, and then Ada explained that, like, there's kind of always been a little bit, maybe you guys didn't have as much words for it, but like in, um, New York city or like upstate, excuse me, I'm in the Northeast. Th- there was somewhat of an understanding of, mm-hmm. um, this, uh, you guys had a bit of an understanding of that and like practicing that even before any of this became popular. Absolutely. So, um, like, what's it like? Tell me. Yeah, no, I mean, so it's, it's interesting too, because it's like, even the most religious folks, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, thinking about like the Dominican community here in New York City, right? It's like no one, like, if you talk about San Miguel, you talk about, um, you know, un trabajo, right? Which is like some sort of like forward. Um, if you talk about an altar, ain't nobody gonna, say that they don't know what that is it's like everyone knows even the most like like the, the like church going like most religious like everyone knows because it is so embedded in our culture mm-hmm. like folks know you know and even you know i'm talking about like the dominican community but even if you know you don't use brujo you use curandera or like any other word you know to really signify folks who have um you know, the ability to, to see things that aren't always there, to hear things, um, or to be able to just, like, use, like, the earth and in ways that can no se ve, right? The folks are not really, the, the ways in which the folks are not using, you know, the earth right now. Um, you know, folks using the elements, right? And so, um, you know, it's just, every everyone knows, everyone, like, I remember growing up, and it's just like, um, you know, there would be, there was this one woman up in, in, uh, in, what, in Washington Heights that, you know, she was a bruja and you had to, if you wanted to go to like get a, a reading, what we know now as a reading, I don't think 
that's what they were calling it they, were, they probably called it a consulta like a consultation yeah. Yeah. like you see this lady you know you had to go with like your little bag of snacks and go early because the line would be out the fucking door and like people just knew and it was like I remember growing up and it was like real hush hush. And then there came a point where it was just like, oh, you need a trabajo, you need a consulta, go to Fulanita. You know, this is the address. You know, it wasn't like you don't set up a calendar. Like, no, it's <laughs> none of that. You go to the woman's home and she takes care of you. And then and then that's that, you know. But I grew up with like altars in my house, never knowing what it was. And when I would go to my friends' homes and see their altars and see like, like literally. I remember um, I had a friend whose mom had like a closet and this like a pre-war building apartment, right? So the closets were like spacious, but they were kind of like narrow. The entire closet was like an altar. That's what it was to um, to Santa Malta. Yeah. That's what In the Cuban culture, it's Santa Barbara. Like if you're... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. And my mom would like, I remember just growing up, you know, once we were in high school, we were kind of like going to friends' houses that like my parents didn't right. really know. And, you know, that we were going out, like, she'd always be like, look out for the Santa Barbaras. And and I'm like, wait, mom, I, this is really confusing. So like, um, Judas is okay. Barbara, not okay. Like, she was like, she had like a list right. of what was okay, what wasn't, you know? Right. And, um but yeah we grew up around that so much like the coffee being next to the saints and like the giant freaking statues like everywhere and yeah uh, and so you know when you ask about like so what's the difference is that you know there's a really really huge cultural context here you know that I think you know kind of going back to Ada's point of like the, the white brujas and the black brujas, I mean, you know, I can't speak for other black brujas, obviously, but, you know, um, in thinking about, like, the Caribbean culture, it's just, like, there's just such deep, 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 rich history here that, um, yeah, you know, the, the saints are a really big part of it because part of our history is, you know, thinking about colonization, coded. it's a big part of it, mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, coded into the saints, and that's how, every, that's how um, the people from Africa were able to kind of keep a little bit of their culture. So bruja is, some people don't like the term, um, those from the culture too, like all of us that are Hispanic, like we're kind of confused by the word because it was an ugly word for a long time, but there is a reclaiming of it. And it's kind of just, um, it's cool. It's almost like you're, think of it almost like your ancestors left you these like fun games and clues within your spiritual practices like that's the way that I see it like and it's just so beautiful to like see the process and there's a certain mm-hmm. magic it's just like a it's it's um you know when you teach intuitive work you can tell like there's there's so many words for you know like there's the seers and there's these like um mm-hmm. and then like cat my assistant cat who's like from um Poland like there's these witches over there and like Ireland and all these places it just every, you know it just it's it really just depends on where everybody's from and where our lineages are from it's super cool but um one of like the most fun is the bruja movement and there's a lot of ritual involved in the bruja mo- like where mm-hmm. it's it's definitely um very connected to the earth even though right. the the saints are these like I kind of, my sense is like almost like maybe even like ET visitors or something like that. It seems like if you kind of go really, really back, like that these are like these like goddesses and gods that they were um, 
um, channeling, but there's so much like offering to the earth. It's all about like offerings also, like, yep. which, is, which is a really cool practice. And um, I love it. It's just a good mix. Yeah, but I wanted yeah. to talk about it just in case anybody who's listening, who's maybe from Latin culture and feeling a little unsure about like that term, you know, so thanks the for yeah, I mean, I think that um, a lot of it really comes from anti-Black racism. That's, I mean, just putting the cards out there, right? And and again, a lot of um, um, my perspective comes from like my culture and just you know other other cultures um, where black folks exist which is kind of everywhere at this point um but you know when I talk about like the Caribbean and you know and, and I've spoken to my grandmother a lot about this my grandmother has been like a huge huge piece of my puzzle um because I mean listen <laughs> stories for days but you know a brujo is tends to be or the way that I grew up thinking about a brujo you asked my grandmother who's 88 so you know she's lived mm-hmm. um a brujo is someone who does trabajos, right? Someone who does spells. And so when I started to really awaken, this is part of like my frustration because I knew of like white witches talking about spell work and everyone was like, oh, this is cool, right? But then when a black person talks about spells, bad. right? Then it's just like, oh my God, this is bad. This is, you know, of course it's like media. This yeah. part situation like that whole right. like that's so in American culture the voodoo doll comes back from totally. voodoo is a black practice totally totally you know and so again this is why context is so important especially when you're talking about this work especially when you talk about spirituality because bruja is really only seen as bad because of its association with like black magic with blackness with black people you know whereas if you say a curandera I could call myself a curandera and I'm very black, you know, and people would probably be, you know, it's a little bit, you know, um, it's a little bit more digestible, you know? So for anyone who is listening and it's just like, oh my gosh, like this word, again, you have to awaken, right? If you choose, right? Can't force you to do anything. Um, but if you are choosing to awaken, then you really have to start to be critical about why you have the reactions that you have. If you're having a reaction to the word bruja, then like start asking yourself why. Start asking your parents why. What are they thinking about, you know, what what are their um, experiences with brujos, right? Um, Research, like Google is your friend here. And, you know, there are going to be things that you cannot find on Google, especially when it comes to spirituality. Um, But now there's been a lot written actually on the term bruja, like from very reputable um, news sources. Because there, it is a thing. And so it's less about what's right and what's wrong. It's that you have to make the decision around what do you want to believe? Because especially when it comes to like uh, faith and religion and spirituality, a lot of these things have just been imposed on us. And we've never had the opportunity to really pause and say like, but wait, do I believe that? Do I at my age right now as an adult really believe that? Right. And so that is part of the awakening that's also happening where folks are just realizing like, oh, my gosh, I thought an altar was bad. But wait, it's not. I just have crystals on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what, what, what I would say. And it kind of ties back to the first conversation we had. Um, we're, you know, reclaiming Bruja, understanding the the um, like where it comes from, understanding kind of like that intersection between colonization and religion and our spiritual beliefs, like how that's mm-hmm. all 
related um, is actually root chakra work. It's mm-hmm. healing that at the end of the day, we won't, we won't be having too many of these conversations, you know, in the generations to come, because hopefully, you know, we like cleans it, clean it up as much as possible, but it also opens a door to more unity, more awakening, all these things, like the stuff we all want to get to. We all want to get there. Like I get it. We all want to get there, but not without kind of just going back a little bit and not to blame anybody. It's not like, you know, I, you know, when my ancestors left um, Spain to go work in like the, you know, the sugar industry in, in Cuba, like, I mean, whatever, I, I don't, I don't know if there were bad people. I don't know like what, you know, I don't know what happened there, but um, I'm not going to like take, you know, I'm not going to, it's not about like blaming anybody or anything like that, but we have to go back and understand like how this all happened so that we can all have like this nice clean slate and use our words wisely and like kind of understand and really just my, my, you know, my biggest hope is to look at anybody from Spanish cultures and like, let yourself choose, you know, let yourself like, like see what that's really about, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a huge responsibility, I think for all of us, especially as practitioners, but for anyone that is really um, committed and dedicated to developing their spiritual practice, right? Because, you know, there is so much overlap and there's so much borrowing the habit. I mean, you think just just the thinking about the ways that people moved throughout the world, right? Um, it's important not to, you know, it's important to go back, not just to like really understand our history and just like, where do we come from? Like, that is so important, but also understanding. You had those questions in the beginning of like, you're awakening a lot. You were like, where's this coming from? Like, <laughs> of course, of course. And I'd be like, well, like we need to talk. Like, <laughs> And, and, you know, you know, there's but so much that she knows, but, you know, and thankfully I've connected with many ancestors from her line that have, you know, just like shown me a lot. And I'm just like, oh, oh, that's my lineage. That's so fucking cool, you know? Um, But, but also um, folks, yes, understanding like where you come from, but also you have to have reverence, you know, for the things that you are picking up for the things that, even if the things that aren't necessarily from your culture, but are things that caught that, you know, that you're attracted to, there's not a problem with that, but you need to have reverence, right? Like the issue is around like appropriation or we're just like using things without necessarily giving, um, you know, giving credit for where it comes from, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, like, um, the weather and like, the, you know, one day in New York, it's like 60. And then like today it was like 27. Right. Um, and yeah, like global warming, we haven't been, you know, treating mother earth really all that great. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, again, it's just like this taking and this taking, we have to make sure that we're not just taking without giving back, without, you know, thinking, without, acknowledging and honoring you know because like this is not gonna go away like I know the spirituality is like buzzy and trending right now but there's a reason why this awakening is happening right now and it's not going to slow down and so as more people awaken as more people are starting to think critically about their spiritual development you know you're going to come across a lot of things that are just going to call you and just that's cool but just make sure that you're being responsible because to your point, if we are going to leave it cleaner than we found it, better than we found it for the generations to come, like we need to do our part. And that's just, that's not just for us, the, the practitioners, but for everyone who is really developing their, their spiritual practice. You know, and like you said, it's a, also, it's a door to, 
the higher stuff, like the other things that you want, you know, the other things we're trying to connect to. It's like a door into that. And I love the idea, like, especially with um, like ritual work um, for sure, like any tools that we're using or anything like that. It's, um, you know, we, we all move so quickly that sometimes it's hard to stop and be like, oh, like, where did this come from? You know, and it's not it's not to be perfect and not to do it out of fear of like being canceled or something like that. It's just like it, the, the reason we've taken so much from the earth is because we're moving so quickly. We move so fast. We don't think about it. So it would be like a nice, um, just a nice exercise for all of us, myself included, that anytime we get interested in a new tool or um, to just kind of go back as far as we can to see like, right. oh, what is sage about? Where did that come from? Do I really need a whole bunch of sage? Or do I just need like right. <laughs> Alexis from um, our class? Uh, one of our, was she in your class? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexis, yeah. She was the one that she was like, you guys, sage, we don't need the whole bunch. You know that, right? Like we just need a leaf. Like, you know? yeah, we, know, we don't need to be like buying out. So anyways, like a lot of, um, you know, it's like not to kind of point fingers or make anybody feel like crazy, but you know, everything that we pick up, it's just nice to know, to go back as much as we can. And sometimes your teachers are not going to be able to tell you like where it comes from, but we can try to Mm -hmm. go back and just like you said, have a little bit of reverence and it it slows down the process too. And it makes the, um, the ritual or the practice, like just that much more beautiful, you know? I mean, that's the importance of ritual, right? Like that's definitely something that that was hard for me at first. You know, and my guides would be like, surrender, surrender. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, I, I don't know what that is. What, what do you mean? What do you mean slow down? I cannot slow down. Like I, you know, like I'm, I've accomplished a lot. And that's because I am like, I'm on it, you know? And <laughs> of course, so many know, things like behind my name doing. You like, know? Oh, <laughs> I did that. Like, no, really. They were there the whole time. I just didn't know. But, um, you know, the, the deeper I've gotten into this work, like the when I tell you that just like the level of respect that I have for just ritual and that's not I'm not talking about like a ritual at my altar. I'm just talking about when I wake up in the morning, like what am I doing? What am I saying? How am I feeling? Am I doing a body scan when I, I just bought um, a coffee grinder and like a pour over situation? And I, I was like. I was like, oh, I know what y'all are doing, right? Because this has been my guides in my ear. I'm like, oh, y'all are trying to slow me down. Okay, cool. I see y'all. You know, uh, but now. You're trying to make me a hipster or you're trying to slow <laughs> me down? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm unsure. <laughs> I need to go downstairs to the bodega and have my coffee. Like, that's my style. Nah, they totally slowed me down. And when I tell you, I wake up in the morning excited because I get to slow down. I measure my coffee beans. I grind them. I get the water. And I'm like, you know, as I'm pouring the water, I'm setting my intention, thinking the hands that, you know, cultivated the beans and, you know, and, and, get, and now what? What did I discover? That coffee is a portal for me. Of course, it makes so much sense. I grew up seeing my my grandmother reading coffee. Yes, yeah. I, I I mean, in Miami, you can go to a bunch of coffee grind um, and co- and and cocoa cacao too. Yes, I did not know. I did not put two and two together until I, re- I go to the back streets of Hialeah, Josie. Oh my gosh! Listen, <laughs> I bring you to my barrio. barrio. I bring you to my barrio. Okay. <laughs> I know. Listen, listen. So yeah. Anyway, the point is that like ritual is not just like 
something to do. It is really to slow us down to your point. Um, and again, you know, in this in this world that we're living in, you know, especially in a city like New York, it's like what? <laughs> it's like speaking another language, but yeah. it's so important. And that's the answer, like back to even what you were saying about the weather and all that stuff, like slowing down is the answer and just kind of being like, where do these beans come from? Like, where did this like, and that we're definitely, that's, you know, we're, we're moving into that and it's, mm. it's not always easy, but you know, you, you hipsters, you're just trying to slow us down. I get it. I get it. So I, know, I, know. <laughs> I loved this conversation. Thank you so much. It was like such a, a joy and a gift and thank you for the work you're doing. Um, Josie is going to be beta testing some in-person uh, circles. We're not invited yet, but hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be invited. Um, but I get it. Soul teacher, nobody was invited for a long time. So um, we're really excited about that, Josie. And like, you know, we are here to support you. We can't wait for that to happen. Um, we will link to Josie's Instagram. You're definitely going to want to follow her. She has beautiful words that she's always sharing. And also, um, if you're a therapist, Josie does great work with therapists and training therapists and helping them even just make more money, move more, you know, do their work more authentically, that kind of stuff. So, you know, all things. We love you, Josie. Yeah. Yes. Well, please come say hi. Um, if, you know, there's anything about this conversation that, you know, just sparked some curiosity, my DMs are always open on Josie Rosario NYC or the healing strategy. Um, yes, I'm super excited to be doing in-person events and just being around folks. I'm going to be, I'm also, I'm going to be taking um, a super, super small, limited amount of like one-on-one coaching um, in the new year. So that's, I'm going to announce that on my Instagram. So that's something that okay. you're interested in, just like really blending, um, you know, like trauma work with the spiritual work, um, you know, to get some results. Um, then yeah, hit me up and, and be on the lookout for that. I love that. I'm also manifesting Josie to do her in-person stuff on my land one day. So yeah, let's do it. Listen, I am, I'm a New Yorker through and through, but I'm also a major tree hugger. I love being around in nature Upstate New York is one of my favorite places. So I'm ready. Yes. Can't wait. And I can't wait to see you in February. Yeah. For our secret i totally jumped on um some of our students are getting together for a little retreat and i invited myself to the party <laughs> happy, happy to have you all right thanks everybody for listening thank you josie um check out all her links keep in touch with her she's just somebody to watch and somebody to be influenced by for sure in a good way so thanks josie love you so much Love you too. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.